In the past few decades, it's been like watching the world shrink right in front of us. Once considered key to increasing trade, fostering peace, and raising the standard of living, globalization is now seeing a pushback. Globalization has turned our planet into this super connected place where everything's buzzing. Borders, they've become kind of blurry. Businesses, oh man, they're popping up all over the globe. And tech, well, it's like the ultimate game changer, making even the most remote spots possible market hotspots. But the winds of change are blowing once again. Now the issue was raised at Davos with new data showing world exports and imports are now in retreat for the first time since the Second World War. Partially driving this retreat, nationalistic policies and protectionism. Enter globalization. While it might sound like we're hitting the brakes, it's a bit more complicated than that. Countries are revisiting the whole global trade angle thanks to the volatile past few years we've witnessed. From rising trade tensions, evolving geopolitics, and supply chain crises driven by COVID. Yeah, the, the showdown with Russia, you also have uh, uh, supply chain issues post-pandemic, tensions with China. It's got everyone wondering what globalization will look like in the 21st century. We're moving from that whole worldwide party mode to a chill regional hangout scene. In this series on Things Have Changed podcast, we're going to unravel the layers behind the shift. Specifically, Mexico is emerging as a standout beneficiary as U.S. companies aim to divest from China and invest closer to home. If you'd known how important the technology economy was 20 years ago, would you have done things differently? The internet, cell phones, the cloud, and data. Things have changed. We're here to talk about it. Hi, I'm Jed. Hi, I'm Shikhar. Welcome to Things Have Changed, your new economics and technology podcast. So Jed, you know, I'm always chasing performance. I'm always chasing outperformance, even though I'm probably better off just putting my money in NASDAQ or the S. I am one of those people who are like, you know what? I think I could be better. I think I'm better than all the, the hedge funds, all these typical, yeah, rigged markets. I think I can outperform the S&P, right? So I'm always chasing, okay, what's What's the next trend? What's this? Is there a vibe shift? Is there a new social media platform? Vibe shift. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to see what's happening out there, right? So I, I come from like a manufacturing world. And so I still have some of my closest friends from school are still in the manufacturing world, right? And there was a consistent theme of them saying, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm traveling to Mexico this, this uh, weekend. And I'm like, you've been in Mexico like three times this month. What's happening? right? Uh, usually, they're flying to China to set up to set up the assembly lines, to set up manufacturing and stuff. I was interested. I'm like, what is happening? And he was like, dude, we're moving production manufacturing line out to Mexico because it's cheaper and it's closer. And that was the whole play. And I started thinking, it makes so much sense. You know, the labor's there, uh, the workforce can be trained. It's near right? So it it's kind of solves a big, big problem with global supply chains, which was the big issue of the past few years. 
uh, I was just looking at, okay, what's out there that's outperformed the S&P, right? And the Mexico index has kind of done that. It's, it's really been a better performer than some of the big heavyweight indexes that we see in the US that's super popular. Agreed. The US indexes being that massive still crush it. But it's interesting seeing that a Mexican index is up there with the best. Huge shift. Huge shift, man. And uh, that's interesting you mentioned that. If you are listeners of, of Things Have Changed podcast, there's also one of, one of the companies that was on the show that is increasingly really thinking about Mexico too, which is ASOC. Um, you might remember one of our first, actually our first Things Have Changed episode with a guest was with Dylan Terrell, co-founder of ASOC. So um, this microfinancing company started in Africa, right? So it has that experience of dealing with markets that are still developing. And it's interesting, Dylan has been going back and forth to Mexico the last few months as well. So there's some yeah. exciting developments there to be seen, not only from the manufacturing side, right? Like we talked about microfinancing. That's on the financing side of things that are getting more and more interested in Mexico as a place to, to do business. So really interesting stuff that's happening in Mexico. but. Our listeners might ask, why Mexico all of a sudden? Why are we seeing all this growth and, and interest in foreign direct investments you know, from companies all across the globe looking at Mexico as a partner? And I think the story there really comes from the interesting relationship that uh, US and China has had in the past few years. I mean, dude. We've been watching this whole thing change from the start, right? Ever since I think yeah. Trump was elected in 2016, trade tensions between US and China kind of started getting a little more hot, you know? And you saw it on the news yeah. a lot. We saw figures that, you know, people weren't paying attention to in the past. Like, dude, when we were looking into this, like still up to today, our relationship with China is so strong like it has with other trade partners. But our relationship, particularly in the United States, is pretty strong with China. I looked at how much of our smartphones in the US were imported from China. Okay. Staggering number as well, dude. 80% of our freaking smartphones are imported from China. That's a ridiculous yeah. number. That's in everyone's hands. Don't forget every single item in your home from toys, games, like batteries now, everything comes from China. But let's not forget, China changed the landscape of business across the world. 30 years ago, what China did with setting up the manufacturing out there, your Nikes, your clothing, your iPhones, everything manufacturing went to China. And that freed up so much capital. US businesses got extremely profitable. You couldn't be a CEO and not say the word China in your earnings call. It was that important. Like how we see earnings calls today where it's just like AI, AI, AI. A year ago, it was metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. Before that, it was crypto. We've always had these big trends, but the trend of China was there for like 30, 35, 40 years since the 1980s, right? So huge, huge unlock that Asia provided to the West. Exactly. And I think when we look at 
how our partnership has evolved over the years, like it's definitely on a downtrend towards partnership, right? As I mentioned, like opening was the increasing trade tensions between the US and China. Like that has been more reflecting with how much we're importing from the country, right? Like in almost a, a lot of categories, even electronics, dude, the share that we import from China is now decreasing. Some interesting numbers there looking at, you know, US machinery imports decreasing from 25% to 21% in the same period mm. of 2023. That's, it's not like a huge number to think about, but if you think about how much volume that is, that's billions of dollars, right? Billions yeah. of dollars of trade happening between US and China. So, I mean, where really is the US going to start looking for its products? Right. As you mentioned, over the last 30 years, we've been looking at China to say, look, I want to unlock my margins. Let's go to China. Let's make this thing cheaper. Right. Where are they going now for this stuff? And I think that's where this episode is really going to shed. This series is really going to shed some light on, right? Is the fact that because this relationship, you know, from the two largest trade partners there out in the world, these increasing tensions are pushing us toward a direction where we may have to make a little more complex supply chains than we have today, right? Maybe we have to get our smartphones from somewhere else. Maybe we have to get our tissue paper from somewhere else, right? Like things are changing once again and countries like the US are starting to look elsewhere to try to build those things. You know, where's the next manufacturing hub? gonna be where's the next place i can get raw materials to get processed right like now that we're looking at this whole electric revolution that also became a topic of discussion in our supply chains talk right like we have a risk there where a lot of the raw materials that come in for processing are manufactured in china and china's kind of leading that race more than 50 percent of evs sold in the world are sold in china that's insane dude yeah that's insane yeah. the raw materials all of that and I, I think what really shed light as to how dependent the whole world is with the whole China trade is with COVID, right? We we found out True. everything that we use in the West, in the US, in Europe comes from China. So your medical equipment, your PPE stuff, your gowns, your testing kits, you know, all of that is manufactured out there. And so the plan was, okay, we are too reliant on this one source. How do we start increasing some diversification? Would it be Vietnam? Would it be um, Brazil? Would it be Mexico? Would it be Canada? Would it be India? So countries started exploring other options. Yeah, and Mexico has been really gaining from this. I mean, they share such a huge border with the U.S. And they are riding this wave of nearshoring. And that's that's one of these terms that's been making the headlines where the U.S. is moving manufacturing and production closer to their domestic base. And that's the nearshoring, right? And, um, you know, the U.S. gets if cost-effective labor. They have a free trade agreement. Remember, China, there are tariffs on the trade. So as a result, Mexico automatically becomes a cheaper alternative. Very interesting, dude. Very interesting because you know, NAFTA, which we've talked about a lot in our in our previous episodes as well, is supposed to increase the the fluidity of trade between the North American countries, you know, including Mexico and Canada. But 
a large player in that game, Canada has always been like a super large trading partner for the US. And Mexico actually, surprisingly, dude, doing this research, I've learned that like Mexico has been manufacturing cars since way back. They have the capability to, they have the intellectual capital to be able to do that. So it's an interesting but obvious first choice, I think, for the US to, you know, participate in nearshoring a lot of these activities. Um, it's interesting because the percentage US goods imported from other countries, that percentage for China has been going down since trade tensions has been rising. Okay. They meaning we've been importing less basically from China ever since that phenomenon has been happening. And slowly, nobody's been paying attention to the freaking Mexico and how much we're importing from Mexico. Dude, they're now odds as far as June 2023 of this year with how much we import from China. Like, wow. That's like, that's actually insane. <laughs> like comparable? Mexico yes, and China dude. this year? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. That That's an insane stat to, to think about because Mexico is now a major trading partner for the US. Like, that's a lot to say. And I think the industries developing in Mexico today are sort of not exactly mimicking how China does, you know, their very low cost labor. I think now it's like such an ev evolution from, hey, now we don't have to put this on a plane necessarily. We could put this on a train. You know, so manufacturing all of a sudden becomes a little more op near shore yeah. is attractive for that reason. There's certain things, dude, you can't put on a plane, right? Because it's too heavy. You got to put it on a freaking ship. The shipping yep. will take long amounts of time. It, there's very high risk right now in ports. Um, you know, think lot. about the emissions. I mean, there are yeah. second order effects, but it's it's just makes sense because a lot of these you mentioned. Uh, Mexico has, has been building cars for a long time. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, the, these car companies have made huge announcements in Mexico, huge investments. Yeah. Um, just this year, just this year. And what they are planning to do is the product is built in the US, but it's finished in Mexico. You know, so you can offload certain steps of the manufacturing process to Mexico, steps that does not require that level of sophistication. You can actually move out there because they've been doing this uh, for you know twenty odd years. So the auto industry has been booming. BMW eight sixty million dollars to expand one of the plants out there. Tesla Gigafactory in Mexico as well five billion dollars. So huge investments, um, and it hit like historic highs in twenty twenty three. Yeah, that's it's crazy to think that as well because if you're thinking about exports to the U.S. right. That accounts for 40% of Mexico's $1.3 trillion economy. Isn't that insane? That's an insane amount. And you just mentioned all these manufacturing partners, you know, coming in and expanding in Mexico. Although manufacturing pretty much follows a trend, especially in Mexico, of uh, how the economy is going. There are other industries that are heating up. You know, we mentioned financing um, coming in from one of our first guests here at Things Have Changed. Well, Turnium, a company that um, has a steel has steel mills for a business, right? Processing steel, has also invested two point two billion dollars in construction of a new steel mill in Mexico. So it's not just hardcore manufacturing; everything else from the supply chain. There's a potential yeah. for them to start building in Mexico. 
which is an interesting shift. The theme of our podcast ultimately comes down to one thing, change, right? And we are seeing these since COVID, it feels like every few months you have these this radical shift taking place, right? And this is one of those those shifts where you're going to you're starting to see um alternatives to the Asia trade which turns out to be all these emerging markets around the world you know Mexico's one India's one Vietnam is another Cambodia Brazil and so this whole series is us exploring these markets and how they are leveling up next up actually we will be focusing on Brazil specifically Brazil's not just killing it on the football field and I mean soccer in this case. They have some really interesting tech companies coming out there from Stonco and Pagseguro and Mercado Libre. So they they are weaving their own story here and we cannot wait for you to listen to our exploration of how the Samba Nation is dancing its way through changing the whole economic landscape. So until then keep thinking keep questioning and as always stay curious the information and opinions expressed in this episode are for informational purposes only and are not intended as financial investment or professional advice always consult with a qualified professional before making any decisions based on the content provided neither the podcast nor its creators are responsible for any actions taken as a result of listening to this episode.